Hi, this is Larry Richard, unfiltered with Jim Crenn. Jim Crenn is among the missing here. We just called his house, which is about two blocks away from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street. And we want to thank the guys again. You got Bobby, you got Louie, you got Ray. We'll talk about them a little later. So Jimmy will be joining us. I called him and he goes, oh, God, I forgot. So he's coming. But we're very excited. Sheila Highland is at Disney's 50th anniversary in Walt Disney World. But today, personally, this is going to be tremendous. We have the great Rich Engler, a concert promoter extraordinaire, 50-plus years of experience, a documentary coming out, his book sold like hotcakes, his background stories of the bands. Rich, thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. Uh this was quite a task, thinking of uh, what I had to come up with. After, <laughs> you could, you could after, tell stories. I've been with yeah. you. You could tell stories all night, entertain thousands, and people love it. Cindy and I tried to figure out how many concerts I actually produced, and it's over 6,000. Oh, man. So to pick 20. <laughs> well, you have your highs and we lows. Had, right. Well, we had many lows. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about it because more highs, more Rich highs. is really a big-time gambler, and we'll explain why. And Scott Mervis has spent generations as the music critic for the Post-Gazette. Is that okay? Maybe two. Maybe two generations. Couple, couple, couple generations. Gener yeah, I don't know how you define those. But just yeah, got back like from that. the Rolling Stones. I did just get back from that. And you that told was... us prior to the show in Pittsburgh that you thought, you know, they play a little loosey-goosey, they're not a real yeah. tight band, yeah. but this show was pretty damn good. It was, it was. I was sort of handicapping them for their age, but then about midway through, I stopped handicapping them. I'm, I'm like, you know, they, they're just a great rock and roll band still. The greatest you know, rock and roll band of all time. Without a doubt, I was blown yeah. away. And yeah. yeah. It's I gonna was, be one of my choices. I wanted to hear your it's take on it. Only because they're so old, been around so long, I did steel wheels at the Civic, at the uh, Three Rivers Stadium. I did the uh, Voodoo Lounge. I was there at the, for both of those. Three Rivers Stadium. I did the No Security Tour at the arena. They were fair at best, yeah. always. This absolutely blew me away. I was it hit me. I was totally unexpected. Yeah, it's so fresh that I, you know, I know it has to sit a while before we call it one of the best concerts that we've seen here. But you know, they they they. The guitar sounds were so amazing and so loud and so raw. And, you know, sometimes you see a band and it sounds like a little bit overly polished. You know what I mean? Because you almost feel like they're pumping sure. sound right, into this right. show. And some of the bands do that, as Rich probably knows. He's not going to probably name names. But this, when you get the Stones, it's just like them playing and just having fun and not worrying about every note being perfect. It's just... I feel guilty. Because at first I, I kind of went, I didn't want to go through the process, you know, the parking, the crowd, the security and all that, just to get there. The ghost towns, which is Thomas Tall, the billionaire, minority owner of the Steelers, he's part of the band, he's a guitarist. They were pretty tight and they were pretty good, but you waited, they played for 45 minutes, then there was another 45 to wait. But once the Stones hit the stage, boom, the magic and the technology of the giant uh, screens that unlike ever before right rich oh yeah i uh i did more filming of the screens than i did yeah. wasn't that the cool band. though oh yeah uh on honky tonk woman i actually sent it to scott i think uh this video because yeah. it, it's just like yeah. one of my favorite videos now that i did on myself on my, on my own <laughs> and i thought it was cool that uh you know they kind of talked about pittsburgh you know he was anytime mick jagger goes pittsburgh yeah know, it's people cool. love it but he also <laughs> said Hinesfield. Yeah. And he didn't go to the Andy Warhol Museum to see that famous. He did. He's been there before. He's seen see it, it before. Yeah. He didn't this time, but he did go to Permanis in Market Square. And he went to Phipps. And Phipps. Yeah, he tweeted that he went to Phipps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You need. To, uh, can you get him on the podcast? Sure. Because I'm I'm thinking what what we need to do is find out what his his regimen is, like how he stays the way he is at 78. Well, like, I saw a video of him in a dance studio. Yeah. That warming up for this tour. 
and he's running around. He's 78 years yeah. old. And I felt guilty because, I think Jimmy's coming, I felt guilty because I was standing, everybody was standing in my section, and we're about 50 minutes in, and I'm, I'm thinking, I want to sit down. And here he is running around the stage. He's the Tom Brady of rock and roll. <laughs> I like that. You he know, also, what he I is. heard, he, after the show, he did go to the, the Fairmont and worked out again. Are you serious? Uh, after the show. Hey, exactly. we're joined by the one and only, now let me see if I got this right, radio rock legend, stand-up comedian, producer, actor, Jim Krent. I am sorry I'm late. That's okay. You all right? I have, well, I have, this, I have this knee injury. Yeah. <laughs> Arthritis, I think. This it's like a scale good. one to ten. It's a like, softball game. Probably, Scott's probably is from that day. <laughs> And this, but I was on the phone. It was like ten o'clock, and I I lost track of time, getting yeah. in for a specialist. And Larry's calling me. He's like, Larry, what are you bothering me for? I'm trying to get a doctor. Again. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> missed go, the like, best oh, part. Oh yeah, right. The podcast. <laughs> you missed the best part. Oh so really? It's, yeah. It's downhill from now. Yeah, I always. We were just talking part. about yeah. the Stone Show. We thought oh, we'd start there since that was the last biggest show in the area. And uh, I want to recognize our producer Dick Roberts, who originally worked with Dick Clark and the Caesar Engler. Correct. And so there's this half person from everybody how, connection. How was, how was Dick to work Was with? he all right? He was fantastic. I hated to lose him, but he created a career on his own, and I'm, I can't be prouder of him. That's well, true, isn't it? He's yeah. amazing. Did you ever meet Dick Clark? I did. Uh, I met him several times. I met him in New York. Um, he wanted to meet me as I wanted to meet him, but I wanted to meet him more than he wanted to meet me. <laughs> but uh, we had a good time. Uh, we talked about, uh, not about the concert business, just uh, life in general. And uh, yeah, he was a great guy. I saw him once, and Jim, you'll appreciate, because you're into coincidences right. and there are none. So I was in Los Angeles, Century Plaza Hotel, the day Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife. Wow. I got to the hotel, I put it on the TV. You know, you turn the TV on, see what's going on, and it was live news, local, outside the gate of Phil. And I love Phil Hartman as a right. comedian. Very funny. Cast member Saturday Night Live. And I had interviewed him with Sinbad when they did House Guest in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And I went to the lobby, and there is Dick Clark. And I'm thinking, you know how that you go to L.A., people always right? say, and you were just there, you run into stars. It's the man the legend, they call it, yeah, yeah, of course. And I saw him, and he looked like an animatronic. He didn't look <laughs> Really? He didn't look real. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk to well, him. you had seen him so many times on TV, and there he is in real right. life. Right, I mean, that's Dick Clark. Him. But you guys, talking about Dick Roberts working for you and Scott covering the shows that he did, did you guys ever have words? Scott Mervis, critic. Rich Engler, producer, <laughs> he didn't like your show? No. I don't think so. No. Um, I don't think. Uh, uh, I love Tom Rooney, uh, who was you know, one of the Rooneys, and he was the manager of the Civic Arena. Mm -hmm. He hated me when I first started working for the Post Gazette. Because <laughs> I, I brought, I brought Rooney, this, like... Well, I think he still not, does. I, <laughs> no, we, we're, we're buddies now. We're, we're he buddies doesn't hate now. anybody. No, no, he's nice, but... Um, yeah, he's Art Senior, the Chief's nephew. Yeah, I did this yeah. review really early on. I was like a young punk rock jerk, and um, I did a review of Loverboy, and I, I basically just listed all the other bands you should go see instead of Loverboy. And he, he sent a, 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 a letter to the Post-Gazette, like, I'm not happy with this, like, you know. <laughs> Inside deserve, the newspaper. I realize now I deserve That's it. That's when the really? fish came Lover out. Loverboy? Really? Loverboy. He was <laughs> really? standing up for, he went to, he, he, he went to bat for Loverboy. You know what's weird about. I was right about that one. I you know what's weird about the whole thing, talking about the past like this? I'm serious. You look at you guys. I've known you guys for so many years. I'm getting older. You guys look the same. I swear no, to God. No, no, you guys no, barely no. age. Don't look at any old pictures. Please. What is going on? How about Rich? Serious. Him and his beautiful wife, <laughs> Cindy. I see their postings, and I assume it's Cindy that posts these pictures. Yeah, I'm not you, on Facebook. You, yeah, you really? with the kids. And, I'm not on anything. And you're living your best life. I don't want to know see anybody. <laughs> well, Facebook may be going away at some point. Uh, yeah. I wish it would. Wait, so, Rich, I hate like, having to look at you're it. Like the, you're like the hermit guy, like in the woods? Like no, 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 no social I, media I, I, um, kind of thing? I like to be, 
you know, I, I like to see people in person, and that, that's about it. That's why you don't answer my emails. That's exactly no, right. He'll <laughs> talk to you on the phone, this guy. Cool. Yeah. This guy will talk to you <laughs> on the school. phone. Like, oh, yeah. Anytime you want to talk, we're, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that, Rich. Rich passed 50 years of promoting. What, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, and going on 52. Yes, right? and a documentary was put together, and I saw the sizzle reel. And it's amazing because your story is really you're a high stakes gambler when it comes to promoting bands. It's not what people think. There's big risk and can be big, big wins, too. Yes, it's a very glamorous uh, position and uh, being a promoter or producer. But I'm really a big time gambler. You're right, because these bands ask for a major guarantee against the percentage, whichever is greater, usually. Uh, it started out in the 70s around, they wanted 60% uh, or a guarantee, whichever greater. Now it's up to 95% of the gross potential after verifiable expenses. Like the last time I had Bruce here, uh, his guarantee was $2.5 million versus 95% of gross, whichever is greater. And that's, that's what you got to live with. Yeah. So. You need usually, in those circumstances, around 40,000 people to break even. You do 32,000 people, you're out of business. If you want to give him a panic attack, mention Monsters of Rock. I, I love talking to Monsters about of Monsters of Rock. I lost $400,000. Oh That's why you were so sad. I, I, you, I was, it was my first big thing to, to get up on stage and host. Like, not host, but just... Oh, I, you were there? Yeah, yeah, Rich always so kind to me. He used to help me. He, he had me... Doing the thing where, hey, everybody, don't smoke and all that. And they said, you too? They said, don't spend more than two <laughs> minutes. Well, I know you were disappointed at the crowd, but there still was like 30,000 people. 32,000. 32,000. So, so here's a kid out of comedy clubs in front of 32,000. And they're, I, I just get up. They don't care. They're just waiting for something. They're, they're not the nicest people. They're screaming, though, <laughs> Scott, because I don't know who I am. They just want to be entertained at this point. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to interview scorpions or whatever. And, you're, <laughs> and I never was in front of 13. And I was supposed to be in two minutes. I took seven minutes because I kept going, are you ready to rock? You know, so everything I can say. <laughs> I didn't want to leave the stage. Let me yeah. guess. Rich is going nuts. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, God. They're like, what's he doing? Did you bring Cher to the Civic Arena once? Yes, yes. Okay. I did what Jim's saying at that show. So you think. I'm going to meet Cher. Sure. This is going to be Backstage, so cool. Buddies. I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, Cher. And then what I realized, three hours before the show, you go out on stage. Mm -hmm. There's nobody in there but the stage hands. And you say, please don't smoke. You know, now it would be wear your masks. And that's it. I never did meet Cher. And <laughs> yeah. then stay for the show. The monsters of rock were cool. You know, rockers are. I, Eddie Van Halen gave me a pick. I was backstage and scorpions go right on when you do your thing. It was really cool, man, yeah. for an experience for me as a kid growing up in a strip. And it was my first time. It was like I was just starting on DVE. So it was really a cool experience. Well, you man. did a great and, job, uh, <laughs> even though you did five extra minutes. No one smoked. But, uh, <laughs> no one smoked. <laughs> Danny Steigerwald's band, okay. band Kingdom Come played. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, Metallica was one of the first bands on the It was a really play on the yeah. It was yeah. a cool show, though. Yeah. We're with Scott Mervis, uh, music critic, Post-Gazette, and Rich Angler. Big-time concert promoter. Legendary concert promoter. We'll talk about that new documentary that's coming out. Rich has had a book out. We're trying to get him to release a second one. Are you working on that? Half finished. Half finished, okay. It won't make it for the holidays. I was trying. Uh, the COVID. Uh, did you in? Blame, blame COVID for everything. <laughs> you, know, you had nothing but time. Right. You would think, yeah. well, write the damn book. <laughs> but, the opposite but, happened. No, the opposite occurred. Right, I, writing's not fun. Uh, There's nothing fun hard, about it. It's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. Just, right. uh, just like couldn't, couldn't do it yet. Yeah. So. And my partner, Jim Kren, this is episode three of Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Kren, minus Sheila Highland, who's with the mouse in Disney. Larry Richard <laughs> Unfiltered with Jim Kren and our special guests, legendary concert promoter Rich Engler and Scott Mervis from the Post-Gazette. We were talking about Jimmy Roach who was on DVE for years. And when I was in high school, he was on four to eight in the afternoon originally, Jim. Oh, yeah. Before he went to mornings. To Did you listen yeah, to him? Yeah. And yeah. I used to love this guy. And Jimmy Steve also in the morning. Me and my sure. buddy Jeff, who's still in radio like me, does the same thing I do in Birmingham. I think you met my buddy Jeff mm -hmm. years ago. We used to go in his room and turn on Jimmy and would hear, 
Howdy, little Jimmy Roach. Here's a mini concert, Def Leppard. And I'd go, wow. Larry does That's the best, do. Jimmy Roach. But when, we didn't know Jimmy was just... I him sometime, he answers, says Jimmy Roach. Yeah, he right. does, I love it. <laughs> he does. I call Steve Hansen occasionally, who was eventually it? his morning <laughs> show partner. And, and we'll, I call him and say, hey, uh, Steve, it's Jimmy. He'll go, Jimmy! Oh, it's you. He knows. Uh, he picks it up. No, you just interviewed. Like, let's get the band back together. You just interviewed <laughs> Jimmy. I did. I did. I was asking him about. Um, well, I was. I had to do a story on 9/11, like the, how it affected the music scene. I, I talked to Rich about it yeah. too, but I wanted to ask him about. You remember the Dixie Chicks and Toby Keith, and the Dixie Chicks got canceled off. Country right. Radio. So anyway, the story was about that. Okay, yeah. Jimmy's. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's he was, a, a legend. So. Really is. This is our episode three at 23rd and Vine, and we want to thank Bob Bazzelli. We want to thank Lou Caputo and Ray Sefcik for allowing us uh, to be here on East Carson Street in the south side. Have you ever been here before, Rich? Never. It's a cool space. Very cool. Bring Cindy. I don't you like wine, don't you? I'm finding it now. I know where it is. Yeah. So we did a, <laughs> a show on Anna Maria Island off the coast of Bradenton, and it was Donnie Aris. And a grassroots. By the way, Donnie kicked ass. Mm -hmm. He really that was did. word. That was he word. He started yeah. with the rapper, brought the crowd to its feet, and they never sat down for right. the rest of his performance. Right. Right. So after the show, this is kind of what I always wanted to do, Jimmy. You know this. Just the cool part of what we get to do. So we're with the band. We're with the promoter. We go to the hotel after. We're gonna have a glass of wine, relax. This guy, Rich Engler, pops. He's gonna pop a champagne cork right uh, yeah i brought out a bottle of champagne for a celebration and he aims it at the docks where the boats are right and he wants to bet everybody there so i go boat or water boat or water <laughs> okay boat or water which means you have to vote right what is that cork going to go in the boat or the water. We, we didn't know what the hell he was doing. Well, nobody would got it at first. What did it go in? Did it go in the water or the boat? It hit the boat and it bounced in the water. Water wins. Yeah. Water wins. You know, it's funny having these guys here. I can't, the, the history and all the stuff you guys been through. And I know, uh, you know, talking to both of you, some of the crazy stories, but uh, some of the eccentric personalities that these rock performers have that I've learned too through many of them just odd interesting people you know they do some of them are the partiers that they portray to be some aren't rich you told me Guns and Roses with Axel and how wild yep, that was, concert was and yeah. Scott has I'd like to hear who your craziest or most eccentric guy was or girl well, this is totally Rich's domain because he actually has to deal with them. I, I'm just, I'm on the other the interview side, side but still, yeah. there's oh, some the eccentric, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, the, the Guns N' Roses obviously went down in history in, in uh, Time Magazine or Newsweek uh, as one of the top backstage parties of all time. <laughs> uh, he was paying, by the way. Uh, he came to me early on and said uh, at, at, at lunch table, nobody around. I was having lunch late, and he sat down. And he goes, hey, Rich, how are you doing? I go, great. Mrs. Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Mm -hmm. I go, good, Axel. What's going on with you? He goes, you know, it's my birthday. So <laughs> you didn't I know. No clue whether it was or it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He uh -oh. had a good lead in. Okay. So he goes, what about a party? I said, for you? He goes, of course. I, he said, how about a Greek orgy? I said, you know, I've never been to a Greek orgy. <laughs> I said, what's it, what's it like? He goes, you know, togas, no clothes underneath, you know, um, party, games, uh, people in jacuzzis. Uh, now we have to put a warning on the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's unfiltered. Oh, it's unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered. Go ahead. So I go, okay, I think we can do this. I said, it's going to cost some money. So he reaches in his pocket and hands me like 5,000 cash. He goes, that's 5,000 cash, how's that? I go, that's a good start. I said, <laughs> he goes, well, how much do you think it's gonna cost? I go, well, I don't know. I said, you want a great Greek orgy. I'm gonna do it upright and it's gonna be fantastic. He goes, let me get my account. So he yells over, has the account, and he goes, give him another $5,000. So the account goes, what's going on? Where's this money going? I go, to a Greek orgy later on. <laughs> so I call all my, my catering people and uh, runners and every single person that was available. I go, okay, 
you're going to Rhode Island Road and get those statues that, that go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> so we're yeah. gonna put that in cha- and put have champagne coming out of their mouth, and then you know those uh, ones that pee. We're gonna have wine coming out of there. So, it's a Greek orgy, yeah. Yeah, so they have to, to get forklifts to get these so statues. You had experience having done this before. No, you I'm, knew exactly what to do. Where well, to get the no, imagination? Uh, you know, I'm it was pretty good, right? I, that's a good call. Uh, statues. I'm pretty quick on my feet. That, yeah, you are. That's, okay. uh, so I, I. I what I thought. So I sent somebody down to the strip district and I said, get 20 boxes of grapes. We're going to, and go to Shoren's next door and we're going to get netting and put it on the ceiling and put the grapes so they hang down it so it looks like a vineyard. And then they'll yank that shit down at the end and roll around it. And that's a Greek orgy, I'm thinking. <laughs> all all good. Yeah, I think so, right? So that's good. Um, so we get, we get it. Yes. Uh, all going. Somebody went over to uh, Liberty Avenue and got some girls the in the jacuzzi. Um, uh, yes, you could imagine. And uh, then it was show was over. Great show. Then it was time for the party. So everybody's in there partying, but no Axel, no band. So all of a sudden <laughs> we hear, boom, 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 boom. One's coming like this with a bass drum, dressed like a slave, but a Greek slave, and the roadies are coming with palms, and Van and Axel, who's being held in a basket, they're bringing them in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they're bringing them in. And then we had a pig on the spit. They had the pig coming next with some more roadies coming in. So it was like, where was this? It's just at Three River Stadium. Oh, at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. So when I they read, came with Metallica. Right. Was that in the Steelers locker room? Well, I don't know who the opening act was uh, on that. Rain that day. Yeah, Rain during Metallica yeah, set. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Guns N' Roses only played Three Rivers the one time. Yeah, that was that was yeah. it. So so um, I had talked the Steelers into taking their. Um, all their, their weights out of the weight room. And that's where we For had Greek it. For Greek They must have loved that. Because there was already a jacuzzi, <laughs> awesome. and there yeah. was already a, a, a cold tub in there. So we, we had a big head start. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> once Axel came in, all, all hell broke loose. It was it, it, absolutely bedlam. I didn't want my wife being, I made my wife, Cindy, sit in the car, and I said, once he, he's here, um, I'm going to leave. So... Uh, Three hours later. No, no, no. I stayed for about 20 minutes more, and it was just like getting wild. Oh, and we had a special fog machine ice that only goes up to about here because when you use dry ice, it doesn't rise. It stays about waist high, which was perfect for this situation. (laughs) So they're starting to pull the grapes down already. So as the story goes, it was quite a party. After the next day, the next year and several years after, the Steelers were st- so upset with me, they could never get rid of the fr- fruit flies <laughs> in, <laughs> in the, in the weight room. Because all their juice went down and down and every crack. God. It was wild. So <laughs> who stayed to chaperone this event? What's that? Who stayed to chaperone this event after you left? Ed Traversier? I, I don't know if Ed stayed. Ed may have stayed the whole Eddie time. T. I don't know. Dick, were you there there then? (laughs) Absolutely, Scott. So, yeah, my people stayed there, and I guess they partied. Well, you know, coincidentally, after that Greek orgy, that's when their things started to go downhill. Exactly. (laughs) Because of the weight Exactly. I think. I love those stories. Like you said, Scott, you know, Larry and I were talking about interviewing people, and we we don't say it was. You got one worded. When you get one worded, whatever, you don't get anything out of them. You had to run into people. You're like, oh, it's going to be great. And all of a sudden, they're like, he's killing me. They're killing me here. Yeah. Get difficult. I had plenty of those, but like not not the big people. It was usually some of the, the, the smaller people. They think they're up. big. I have a list. Yeah. I have a list. I, I don't need to name I knew names, you had a list. The <laughs> list of people I don't ever want to talk again on the phone with. They were that rough. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, mostly I remember some of the great ones, and, and like, you know, I was thinking the other, like, recently about Stevie Nicks. Okay. Is is it, she's thought to be like a diva, a prima donna, a queen, and she was just like one of the sweetest, most down to earth people hmm. I ever interviewed, and, she, and we wow. just have this l- long, extended conversation. She's asking me about my kids, and it's like, 
what is going on here? Like, how <laughs> this is this woman? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, you know, yeah, you don't right. expect her to be that way, right? Yeah. I mean, that'd yeah. be one of those out of body where you're looking at yourself going, I can't believe this. Yeah. Is I remember it. I went to Clarion University and Jay Giles was there. So we were part of the radio station and the newspaper, school paper. They let us interview Peter Wolf after the show. Oh, wow. he's great. And this girl with the newspaper, Julie, I won't reveal her last name. She says, this is when the, you know, bands were doing really outrageous stuff, but they were at that point already established. And she goes, why don't you guys throw up on stage and stuff like that? Peter Wolf, he had his sunglasses on. He goes, what? Why don't you throw up on stage? You know, make a big, you know. He goes, what kind of flipped out chick are you, man? And then the manager came over and said, this interview is over. We all looked at Julie. Really, Julie? Really? You ruined our big interview with Jay Giles, Peter Wolf. My, my big rock roll moment was the one when uh, Bruce, uh, it was with Joe at Nick's Fat City, and I was downstairs, yeah. and he walked over, and I thought, this is like one of the surreal moments. He's going to say something. I'll carry on forever, and I'll just pass it along. And, and I just looked at him. He just looked at me and goes, hey, man, where's the crapper? Ah. <laughs> I remember that. Thanks. That was it. I, all, sat, still cool, I sat with Bruce and Joe. Um, on a tour bus outside the Stone Pony one night. Cool. And it was it was one of those pinch yourself. Yes. It was just the three of us. What did you talk about? We just Remember? talked about the show that just happened and, you know, because they had just played together at the Stone Pony and that's when Springsteen was, uh, he was guesting with, with him when they did the album together, late 90s. He, a um, he acted American like, Babylon. He, he acted like a guest, didn't he? Like he wasn't, yeah. like, didn't take the light, the spotlight or anything from Joe. He yeah. acted the support, right? He's, yeah, well, at the Nick's Fat City show, he was like the guitarist. Right. <laughs> so he, exactly. he, he, Springsteen he, is nice and down there. He is. He uh, he is. I took him to uh, dinner the first time. His first big show was at the Syria Mosque whenever he, mm. he just, uh, Born to Run was just coming yeah. out. He wasn't quite on time in Newsweek. He was like two weeks later. It was going to, it, it, he was on time in Newsweek. I took him up, Cindy and I took him up with uh, the Columbia uh, record guy up to... Um, Carmassi's, who's now closed. Mm -hmm. So I called Carmassi's. I said, hey, I'm bringing a, a guest up. I said, we need to get in. Don't close. He goes, well, if the door's locked, lock, knock on the door, I'll let you in. I said, yeah, we'll be in there about 20 minutes. So we get up there, knock at the door. He comes out. He looks out. He sees the four of us. And he goes, Rich. So I go in. And I go, yeah. I said, the four of us are here. He goes, yes. But he said, we still have a pretty big crowd in here. You three can get in, but the one that looks like Jesus, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think he can come in. Oh, oh my God. So I wow. go, that's yeah. Bruce Springsteen. He goes, who? I said, Bruce Springsteen. He goes, I never heard of him. I it's go, God. probably, you know, a lot of people have not yet. But I said, whenever he does, whenever you please let him in, keep his place setting, put it in a drawer, and just wait. He said, you're, such, you're so full of shit. Bring them in. So we ate. Bruce ordered corn on the cob and apple pie. Huh. Like, what else would Bruce order, right? And we had a great time. And this is like and he never kept the play setting. This is like the story when, when Meatloaf came into the decade. Okay. Um, I think Sidney Lauper was there that night, and they were sort of like on the same label or something. And, and they're all hanging out in the kitchen before the show, and like house rockers are there. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, so Dom comes in. He wants everybody out of the kitchen. Everybody out of here, like, you know, they, it was like the band and stuff, you know? Right. And they go, well, Tom, this is meatloaf. And he goes, I don't care if it's fettuccine Alfredo. Get him out of here. And I, I love that story. I love that story. Well, I got I I that story, but every time I hear it, the dish changes. Sometimes it's chicken cacciatore. That's so funny. That's man. funny because yeah. check this out. That's so a good one. All-star game in Pittsburgh. Pirates are hosting yeah. Major League Baseball. And they orchestrate a celebrity home run derby. So they got, they got Dan Marino, Tony Danza, Ken Burns, the documentarian. Meatloaf was one. Meatloaf, yeah. Uh, and Jack Lambert. Steeler great, right? So there's a group of people standing there <laughs> milling around. And Meatloaf turns out to be a big Lambert fan. So he goes, is that Jack Lambert? And my buddy says, Yeah. He goes, I got to meet him. He walks up. He goes, Jack, meatloaf. Jack goes, mashed potatoes. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> 
Meatloaf went, that, that, didn't know yeah, what to do. Yeah. What did he do? He just went, boom. He just shrugged. When I was at IUP, my buddy Rod Schwartz, he was my roommate. And he oh, was, wow. you know, Rod, yeah. he's my roommate. 11th hour. <laughs> yes, 11th and, uh, hour, yeah. music aficionado. I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it's roommate at IUP. So Rod plays uh, this EP or for U2, right? And he goes, hey, man, I'm driving down to, me and a couple of these, we're going to go to the Decade to watch a band called U2. And I listen to it, and I go, hour later, I'm not going, Rod, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Like a year later, where some war came, I'm like, "Who's oh, yeah, that band?" The, a year later, they were at the stage. That's you the band you said wouldn't make. What? Well, Did you ever meet you too? Which is the Bono uh, yeah, and the Scars. I had them at uh, Three River Stadium. It was their uh, biggest flop tour ever. It was called the Pop Tour. Oh, and, that one. Right. Yeah. Whenever they thought that we better change and put a little bit of disco in our music. Right. And they did. And. Nobody was buying it. We're bringing all Rich's nightmares back yeah, up. Yeah. Why do you have to bring this I'm stuff sorry, up? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just asked. Yeah, sorry, man. Anybody have any tums? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting back to that spring scene, was that the night that the woman who ran the mosque kicked him off the stage? That wasn't he was, the night, but there was another Oh, one yeah, because he, he played too low. She's like, get this guy off the stage yeah, already. She, well, she, she came up. out on the stage. <laughs> she walked she, out. The yeah. woman who ran the – this older woman that ran the mosque. The today was there that night. Oh, you were there. It was an epic. She was like, excuse me, sir, you're going to have to quit playing. Young, young, young man, man. Young, young man. man. To who? You oh my must God. quit. And Bruce goes, oh. Bruce. <laughs> and he ended. He actually ended. Bruce was afraid. Yeah, it's like this yeah, is my mom afraid. or something. And he for years said, is this, at this gig, is that old woman? <laughs> something about it. I'd be afraid too, right? Authority, man. I'm surprised he has the nerve to do like long shows after that. He, yeah, like, no. he would have PTSD from that moment. He like, probably pictures like, that. Like, I'm only playing two hours. I'm not, I'm not going two and a half. Young well, man. I do want to ask you guys about your best show experiences. Uh, it's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, episode three. We're at 23rd and Vine here on East Carson Street, Southside. Scott Mervis is with us, the great critic from the Post Gazette legendary concert promoter rich engler and uh we want to hear about the documentary coming up larry richard <laughs> unfiltered with jim Cren, sheila highland is on the road with mickey mouse at disney celebrating their 50 years and we're celebrating more than 50 years of concert promoter rich engler and we've got concert critic music critic scott mervis from the post gazette Let's talk about your documentary because I saw the sizzle reel. It was about 10 minutes. You know what? It's really powerful because you have been with the biggest names in the music industry over the 50 plus years now. And what's really cool to me, Rich, is you and your wife, the relationship that you two have, you know, it's, it's pretty magical because yeah, well. a lot of marriages wouldn't survive that kind of role. Well, you're right, and uh, being in my business especially, uh, marriages just don't seem to survive, and ours was uh, blessed by uh, love and uh, respect, and it worked. It's a, it's a gambling business, that's why. They, they, just, <laughs> yeah. your, your it's under 50%. Right, <laughs> yeah. and she so rode with you yeah. through the highs yeah. and lows. She said She's she a cool chick. She was she a is. professional waiter. <clears throat> not waiting on tables, waiting off stage for the show to be over. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a, and uh, <laughs> she, yeah. she said she's a professional waiter. You've got to have her on to talk about her worst show she's ever seen. Oh, yeah. That'll be episode she, four. Yeah, let's talk about the worst. She has good stories when uh, Gene Simmons tried to pick her up. Yeah, and the whole, the whole she has she has her, her she collection as well. He tried to pick me up too. <laughs> <laughs> tries to pick up everybody. Right, I was in Eaton Park going to do the morning show. Right hand to God, no, he was picking a waitress up. And I got in the corner as the waitress walks up, goes, "It's Gene Simmons over in the corner." It was him. He's it in town. It's like you know, four in the morning because yeah. morning show. I'm like, oh, it's Gene Simmons. He's trying to hit on a waitress. I'm part. I don't know if he got the score. No, he, the he, he, there's, there's also that local guy that looks just like him. <laughs> I'll be with him, Scott. Yeah. Like always a, something, like the always something special cooking at Eden Park. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so, so, so back to the documentary. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, I get a call one day, and somebody said, hey, I read your book. It was a producer from, uh, from uh, uh, Florida and was in L.A. He said, I read your book. I love the book. We'd like to make 
uh, maybe a movie out of your book, but we'd like to do a documentary on your life. And I go, hello, is this for real? I'm like, I, I was like so humbled. I, he said, yeah, it's for, for real. He said, when could we start shooting? We want to we wanna start. Uh, and I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in Anna Maria Island. They said, can we come down in about 20 minutes and just shoot a fast? <laughs> what? Yeah, they said we were out, they were in Tampa. They said, oh. we were in Tampa, we can come down in about 20 minutes and shoot about an hour. You tell us a, a couple things. And they shot, uh, they came down and I was like, okay. I signed a couple papers that this is only gonna be for a trial. And the next thing they came back a couple weeks later and said, hey, we just love what you said and we're gonna, we're gonna do this. So they've been filming for the last two years and now it's basically finished. They're doing the final edit and hopefully uh, Netflix, Peacock, Access TV, one of them picks it up. They will. That's awesome. We're hoping. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. a great American story. And there aren't many people like Rich in, no, the, in the country. Aren't. Or, or no, at we, least that, that many people. Well, I was still, blessed to be uh, at the right place at the right time uh, and started my first company in 1969. And uh, we were able to write the rules. There were no T-shirts out there at that time. There were no ticket companies. I was open, own, own my own ticket company. I mean, uh, and, and basically write the rules. And, uh, and you weren't putting like a $30 service charge on every ticket? No, no, uh, that, I was so, <laughs> so uh, uh, cautious on trying to keep the ticket price down and the service charge down because I thought the more, more uh, the, the cheaper the tickets would be, the more shows people would go to and be able to afford it. Now, nobody cares. It's all, like I say at the end of the documentary, it's all about the almighty dollar. And you, yeah. know, you know what else has changed? Just, and you know this as being a, a journalist yourself, but when you wanna talk to the local promoter about something that's coming or about music or about anything, you would be able to call Rich Angler on the phone. He would get right on the phone. He would talk to you. And this, I'm talking about like the 70s to the 90s to the however you went till around then with the Caesar Angler. Live Nation is a faceless organization. There is no person that you can think of from Live Nation that, that, that people know locally. Mm -hmm. um, they don't get on the phone with you to say anything. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to say anything, the local people. So... Rich's, Rich's era was when the days where the promoter would talk to you and he had, there was a face to the organization. I, I think it's, it's like, and I was saying excuse you, my buddies here, but, but I think it's what makes Pittsburgh so unique that we have talents like you and like Rich. I mean, you're one of the great journalists. I'm serious. You could have gone anywhere wow. in the country. You stayed in Pittsburgh. No. Rich, you brought so, so many concerts here, made so many people happy. You stayed here in Pittsburgh. You guys are Pittsburgh guys. And that's what exactly. makes, I think that's what makes the city so unique that we have these major talents, you know, that, that, decided to stay here that could have gone anywhere that's very and we're nice. kind of we're very lucky that's to very have you nice. it's true i mean it. thank you we're with scott mervis a music critic with the post gazette and rich angler legendary concert promoter now we wanted to know your top shows for fun for enjoyment however you want to stack them <clears throat> what's kind of like your top 10 well like i said 6, picking plus. from six thousand plus shows <laughs> was kind of difficult but uh so uh I kind of, I kind of tried to start in the beginning, uh, because I I was the first one to bring King Crimson uh, to the city, and I was the first one to bring David Bowie to the city, uh, and I had to pick between those two, of of which one I wanted to start with, so, and I picked David Bowie because mm. I was able to go to Cleveland to see him and hang out with him and Tony DeFries, the manager, and said I want to bring you to Pittsburgh. He said, we have. Uh, David has written Spiders from Mars. It's coming out. He said, I want you to be first to have the show. So I was able to communicate with him from London, and we brought it into the Stanley Theater. And uh, 1972, I think, right? 1972. How do you remember it this was, stuff? It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't there. That's amazing. October 28, 1972. Very good. He's like a historian. Wow. And he blew everybody away because it was just like so futuristic and so hmm. uh, the outfits, the pointed uh, uh, coats and everything. And uh, Mick Ronson, they just blew everybody away. So that's my 
Hmm. I, I'm not doing any, these in any order. So this is one of my uh, top 20. Yeah, Just I know. Gotcha. It's hard, yeah. I'm sure. And then uh, uh, King Crimson would get the honorable mention. Uh, Robert Fripp, Robert, uh, uh, Greg Lake, uh, McDonald's and Giles in that band. And they did the whole Court of the Crimson King that night. And it was right around that same time in 1972. It was awesome. What's interesting, how, how like uh, the guy from Kermas's, where you said what Bruce said, keep the plate and all that. So you must have had an eye of knowing. How would you know? You predicted kind of, or had the eye of this guy's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be stadium shows. Well, Even with Bowie, you're saying it's beginning. Music was my life. Uh, it, yeah. So you just well, knew it. You're also, you know, you're a performer too. Yes, I was. It's Grains still, of sand. Grains of sand, yep. We almost made it big, Very and I'm good, glad Scott. we didn't because I, I would have taken a different direction. <laughs> So instead, uh, I was given I was given an option by a a big New York agent one once time, once upon a time. She said, "Rich, you got to decide what side of the stage you want to be on, on stage or behind the stage, or I'm not going to sell you any more shows." And I go, "I've already decided," (laughs) and I never played again. Yeah, because you you were gonna you were opening for some of the bands you were bringing in. Yeah, because I was producing the show. You know, yeah. busy doing I was, that. I was a road manager. I was everything at, back right. then. You played drums very for, early days. You played drums for fun, though. Uh, now. I yes. opened for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I opened for you. You <laughs> exactly. just play drums for fun. Fun, fun no, exactly. Yeah, fun for me, maybe not for the audience. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, do you want me to go through all my 20? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I will do that. Um, probably uh, the biggest standout would be Bob Marley's last show ever. Hmm. At the Which Stanley. Is, at the Stanley. That was his last show. What a in cool the venue. Ever, ever that he oh, held a yeah. guitar in his hand. I mean, I, when he went to Germany, I think he tried to play acoustic guitar over there a little bit, just to, but he was really going fast with the brain brain tumor mm. and and brain cancer. It was it was bad, and that was uh, September twenty third, nineteen eighty, and uh, it was probably one of the most heartfelt. Uh, shows of his life because he was the only one to know that that was his last show. Wow. He didn't tell anybody. Hmm. He didn't tell Rita. He didn't tell the band. After the show, he did get the band together and said, we are all going home. The tour is over. Wow. And it was just starting. And so they knew that this was bad, but they never knew it was terminally the end. So Wow, I couldn't was, imagine the emotion of your last show. It's like your, your uh, last article. How would you? Yeah. yeah. The emotion would be unbelievable. Wow. So um, that was uh, one of them. And the next one would have been Bruce at uh, Three River Stadium, born in the USA, held the attendance record for, I thought, going to be forever. Mm-hmm. But Garth Brooks, Brooks just broke it because he put the stage in the center and was able to sell 360 okay. and beat the 65,000 people. And, but that was uh, an epic show. Uh, real quick story about that. So uh, he started the, the, the show with Born in the USA. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was standing there with him, and he, he runs on stage, and people were going crazy. And the, the band goes up, and it, da, 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 da. it sounded a little weak. Two guys are still playing in his band uh, ping pong in the dressing room. They hear the beginning and they run for their lives to get on stage. I I remember Bruce turning his head and looking at him in like half disgust, but like, let's get this on. And they came in and um, it it ended up being great because the song was long and every, but uh, funny, funny story. That was the first, that, that was the last time Bruce ever went on stage first. They hired an, another person in the crew to count the members before the show would start, and they would go on first, and Bruce would come on last. And no ping pong tables. And, well, they still had the ping pong tables, well, they had a counter. That's how Jim Crenn does it now. So yes. you notice he came, made sure we ping, were all here. Yeah, first. Sure. yeah. Scott knows. He so, knows me. You know, we should stay on the subject. I have a... When when I was thinking about this, it, I was like, "Well, which Bruce show? You right. know, when, like wh- like the greatest. He's the greatest performer right. of all time. I, I believe. I, so. I, I agree. What's he do? Like either. three and a half. The best live performer. Yeah. The best sure. live performer. He and yeah. Donnie are some two favorites. So seriously. So I was thinking, well, which one? There's been a, so, what more than twenty in sure. Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. probably right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like 1978 at the Stanley Theater. Wow. Darkness on the Edge of Town tour. Right. When he was playing the those first couple albums. I, 
that that was the first time I ever saw him, and one it really stands out for me yeah, in that yeah. small place seeing him. Good point. And, and now with they they were in the mix as well, and then he did those Christmas shows. They weren't really Christmas shows where Clarence right. would come out as Santa Claus and <laughs> like in the middle. I uh, would do two nights at the Stanley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, like uh, right before Christmas. And and then on the um, oh god, which tour was it? It was the it was uh, after he did Nebraska. And he came to the arena. It was the first time that Springsteen ever made a political statement on the stage. The beginning of a long career after that of being more politicized. Mm-hmm. And, and it was when Reagan was running for president and played uh, Born in the USA at, at the, um, or mentioned Born in the USA at one of his campaign rallies. And then Springsteen, had, who had, was completely apolitical, came out at the Civic Arena and said, you know, you know the guy running for president or something mentioned my name and then he said he probably has never heard this song and he played Johnny 99 <laughs> and it was all about Americans struggling and the economy right. and stuff and so that, people point to that as like that was when Springsteen huh. really started and you know he had started doing the food bank stuff yeah, around that time sure. so anyway that's cool no, you guys, a tangent those no, are all, I like the, those were all great points it, and it, those were all all tied with the Bruce's born in the USA it, so, it, I, yeah, I, 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 I love that concert and I've saw him 12 times but the one that haunting was the Ghost of Tom Joe tour for some reason oh, yeah. which is haunting wasn't it? it was just amazing it's like a <laughs> yeah. one man play or something I was watching Peter said yeah some, was it a Benita maybe or something no like it was that? at the Benita Benita Benita, 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 in 1975, <laughs> yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes, it wasn't for sale. Wish you still had it. I wish I still had it, <laughs> yeah, right? Really? It's a beautiful, great room. Oh, yeah. Beautiful it was, hall. It was, it was great, and it, uh, it was a big turning point in, uh, in uh, to Caesar Wrangler because we not only turned a dying movie house to the number one theater in the whole United States, and I wasn't in any race to 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 see how many shows I could do or whatever. I was just trying to pay the bills. We had a major uh, overhead for debt service on that building, and uh, we started winning awards. Uh, Billboard magazine, three years in a row, it was number one theater in the whole United States. Then word got out to these bands, and every band wanted to play there. One of my choices, believe it or not, the Grateful Dead played at the mm, Stanley yeah, Theater. I was there. That I was one that. of my yeah. choices. Cause how, how do you get the Grateful Dead? And like the next day, the next year, I had him at Three Rivers Stadium and opening the show was Rusted Root. So how do you yeah. go from the Stanley Theater? Wow. Yeah. You know why? They wanted to play the Stanley Theater because they, they did some recording. A lot of the bands did bootlegs out of there. They yeah. kept them for themselves. It was that or, intimate. Yeah. I was going to say too, um, some of the best Stanley shows were in the basement. Oh, oh, yeah. Those basement shows at the, the Stanley. It was all, called the all, Showcase. Stanley yeah. Showcase. The first show I ever out. went to for the Post-Gazette was in the basement. Of the, it was my tryout for the Post-Gazette, and it was the Ramones. Yeah. So I, I, I started with the Ramones, which is incredible because, I mean, it was like they – it was such an intense experience right. seeing yeah, them in the basement so, of that. so tiny down there. It was so I tiny. Mean, I think we could only fit about 500 in there. Is that all? Yeah. Wow. I think about five or six Oh, you had all the great punk Did you do Pink Floyd at Three Rivers? Yes. Yep. That was your fault? Well, (laughs) that was was my coolest show ever. I was going to ask what your favorite one, Larry. Is that? It's Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd at a rocket on a wire, which you didn't know what it was till at the end, the crash in Dark Side of the Moon, this rocket came down from the top of the stadium right over the stage. And I also did Division Bell. Which was uh, Pink Floyd as well, yeah. without Roger Waters. Yeah, those were all without Roger Waters, unfortunately. Yeah, right. So yes, that was so. awesome. But yeah. I wanted to say on my list was was that that Grateful Dead show at the stadium. You had it on there. Yes. All right. Because because <laughs> because it's legendary in Grateful Dead lore. Um, were you were you at that show? Yes, I was. Yeah, okay. I was. So Rusted Root plays, and it's emotional because it's the last show with Jen Wirtz in the band. That's one of the singers, her final show. I think they even say something on the stage about that. The Grateful Dead plays. They take a break. Then they, they come out for the second set, and this, the, the dark clouds come in. And it rained like biblical rain, like a hurricane <laughs> rain. The Dead, the Dead came out, and they played five, four rain songs in a, in a row. Hmm. Box of Rain. Um, 
let let it rain. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I won't remember, but it's called the Rain Show because they did four straight songs and it was just dancing in the rain yeah it, it was, was a glorious it was epic. experience the, the, sure. co- the coolest epic. the coolest thing about the dead was i remember like before the show walking around and people selling things and oh, oh i yeah, remember I there's a bunch of bracelets at this you know little hot room. i'm looking at him it's a little guy who put his little head right on my shoulder he goes made by the children of guadalupe i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> i knew it was at a dead show well, you know they would get they would do fifty thousand at the stadium but there would be another hundred thousand in the parking lot. Right, they were just, they're just there for bracelet. The yeah, they don't. And, like, they and don't even the, go into the show. They were just on part the of the culture. Was, and on and on the, it was an yeah, event to so go to this. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay, so keep, uh, let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, next one would be uh, not one of my favorite bands, but with the Eagles, <laughs> when hell freezes over. I could not believe my ears. I had the show at Star Lake. I was at that and. Yeah. It was like, wow. Their it harmonies was, are They, they, they really sound was, like an album, really. that show. It was Their like amazing. Now, they did yeah. have a lot of special effects. but Special effects? Yeah. I love Don Henley's uh, voice. Okay. Like, oh, I know I know what you mean. Special yes. Effects. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh. So they did have a little special yeah. effects. That's disappointing because I still, never got to see the Eagles live. It was cool. Well, you that one was. That one I guess I wouldn't have. That made my list because. Does you two have special effects? Please not. Please say no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Whew. I think so. Yeah. I think they you do. think so, Scott? Yeah. I think they do. Right. They might. We okay. must look into it. Um, going down the list, I have The Clash in there. Uh, yeah. Joe Strummer was one of my all-time favorites. And uh, they, they, this was when they had the uh, netting, the, uh, uh, like, uh, naval. Combat rock. rock. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they all dressed in camouflage. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very cool. Okay, here, here's the thing about that. I'm doing my list while he's doing his Right, list. right. Let's go back and forth. These were the two greatest, maybe the two best back-to-back night concerts ever. And I know you remember who played the night before <laughs> that. <laughs> the man who played the night before Cl- The Clash at the Stanley Theater. Elvis Costello and the oh, Attraction yeah. huh. and the Clash back to back, and we didn't get this. We okay. didn't get that many of those shows back then, right? Because right. a lot of those great punk new wave bands wouldn't come to Pittsburgh, or you know. Well, but but the but yeah, Elvis Costello and the Clash, and I was looking forward to this. Like, I was looking forward to the Clash because mm-hmm. they were my favorite band of that era. Elvis Costello blew them away. Oh, oh yeah, he was great. Oh my God, he that 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 show that night. Well, I didn't pick that one. I'm, I'm glad you did though. Yeah. What what else do you have on your list here? Okay, yeah, I'm going to talk about two two at the Stanley since we've been talking about the Stanley. Okay. Um, Talking Heads in 1983. Um, you you everybody's probably seen that show with this uh, Stop Making Sense film. Mm-hmm. If you've seen that film, right. pro- one yeah. of the greatest conscious films ever made. That was the show that they put on there. And with David Byrne, he came out first uh, doing oh, yeah. Psycho Killer. And then the, they, the band kept coming out gradually till they were the whole um, uh, speaking and um, remain in light hmm. right. ensemble. It was just it was uh, unbelievable. And another another Stanley show that I wanted to mention was uh, Peter Gabriel in 1982. I don't know if you remember that one. Shock the monkey. Shock the monkey. Well, I was called by PETA. They said the show must not go on. Really? <laughs> they go. I go. Uh, uh, You're kidding. What You're are you talking about? Me. They go. I heard they're going to shock monkeys. No, they did not. I, this is a true story. Oh, God. It's a true story. Because my, my uh, assistant couldn't believe it. She goes, you got to talk to these people. They're crazy. And Rich is on the phone. We need monkeys for this show. So, and they identified, the woman identified herself from PETA and who she was and everything. And she goes, this, is, this can't happen. You have to stop. The show can't happen. Uh, we can't be hurting animals and you're shocking monkeys down there. I go, no, 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 ma'am. That's the name of a song. And there's no- that was like when Crosby, Stills, and Nash, they had the whale. At the, at the, where they were doing the whale song, they brought the whale in. Do you remember that? Yeah. Is it true? It was, it was probably yeah. the same lady who told Bruce, young yeah. man. You can't have a whale, man. no whale. She said no you whales, no fish, shocking monkeys. Fish your people, too. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, <laughs> you, you know what was stunning about that show? Uh, one of the stunning things about that show was it was the first time I ever saw a band start the show coming through the audience. Mm. 
Do you remember that? Oh yeah. They marched down the center aisle. I remember now. Beating the drums. <laughs> right. Do you remember? Oh, do you yeah. remember that? Sure. And I had never seen them a, a band enter from the back through from the, the lobby. Door, from the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. Right in. You know, we could go on literally all day. I'm amazed. Okay. I, could, yeah, I, I have, have a couple day. more, yeah. and we're almost right. finished. Um, <clears throat> Tina Turner's farewell tour was great. Also on that show was Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker was miserable for years because of the drugs and alcoholic problems that he had. He cleaned himself up and he tore everybody up that night. So it was a double bill that uh, Joe Cocker was as good as Tina Turner on her farewell On his on game. His, on her farewell tour. It was the same show. Yeah, well, but he was sober. Where is the best of bread on this list? Oh, I love bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Secretly, man. secretly. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah there's can still you, one can you guy get... around. He's uh, like from Pittsburgh. I want to make like it Are with you. you. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Jim. You, didn't you have the 8-track? <laughs> Absolutely. I had a, you know, aftermarket 8-track De player. Dating Debbie Reiner and, was, if, you know. If Red. you put it in, you couldn't close the lid on the glove compartment <laughs> while the eight-track was actually playing. <laughs> exactly, Lawrence. You got any more, Rich? I had Paul McCartney. Oh, uh, he's coming that, back. I hear. Is that true? Is that right? Is that a rumor? I don't can't know. say. You can't confirm I, or I, deny. I I, you can't confirm or deny. This was with <laughs> Linda when Linda was still yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um, I had two nights at the Civic Arena, and it was it was definitely. Uh, uh, an amazing situation uh, uh, all good and then I have two on here as uh, we weren't we weren't asking for special effects or uh, drama so I give the drama to uh, Courtney Love and Hall for taking off her underwear and throwing them at the audience <laughs> Was uh, that at Station Square? Station that Square. Was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the next one is even better than that. Ozzy Osbourne throwing calves liver. People thought it was guts from the bat that he ate. And here it was calves. We had to buy him a half a pound of calves liver. And he throws it on people and they go, oh. No, that's a weird request from somebody. Here it was calves liver. Did Peter call about that? Not really, yeah, really. That not, lady called. Not really guts. Not really guts. No. Yeah. So that was, we didn't have any runners up, but that was for a special. <laughs> that's tremendous. Rich has a long history of abusing animals. <laughs> Legendary concert uh, promoter, Rich Engler. When's Wait, the documentary has, coming he out? He still has more. You got, I'm, I'm finished. Do I, we, you I, I'll go, I'll go, I'll just, I have a list. A lot, of it, a lot of it we covered. I'll just, I'll, t I'll do two things. Okay. Um, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young at the Civic Arena in 2002. Big fan. And seeing Neil Young and Steven Stills go at it together like they have this like sibling rivalry or something as guitarists <laughs> were you there at that show yeah, yeah, they I literally think. i remember seeing you at that show yeah. they literally played what until year? they ripped the strings off the guitars 2002 huh. yeah civic arena yeah um, my show yeah. yeah jim do you have an all-time favorite uh favorite show it was my first concert uh bob seeger and a silver bullet band 77 at the arena that's my favorite that's when i fell in love with rock <laughs> My first was Kiss at the yeah, arena. Yeah, there you yeah. go, right? <laughs> so every, everything has to live up to the Kiss standard. That's absolutely I, right. I wanted to mention also um, Lollapalooza in 1992. Mm. And it was the first Lollapalooza to come here. And the bill, one of the, open, one of the first bands on the stage was Pearl Jam, who had just mm. broken and they were just becoming enormous. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ministry, Soundgarden, Jesus Merrick Chain, and Ice Cube. And I didn't think we were going to get out of that place alive. I, Why? I think literally we were fearing for our, everybody there was fearing for their lives. The intensity of the place, people jumping over railings, security tackling people. Was it raining and muddy and all that stuff? No, it was not. That stuff it, was going a, on? it was a pleasant, sunny day. but Just violence some, kind of vibe. Yeah, and it started a long tradition mm -hmm. there of um, you know, starting fires on the hills for like for, at the Lollapalooza shows, like yeah. Alice in Chains, just like burning huh. the place. You know, fires all over the hillside. <laughs> Crazy time. I think we're going to have to have a part two of this uh, conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, Larry, my birthday is next week. Can I have a Greek orgy? <laughs> Party. Can well, I have that, a Greek orgy? That Let's will be, oh, uh, Rich will be there for 20 yes. minutes. Episode four, <laughs> oh, Jimmy you know Crenn's birthday. Story, there was one quick ending to that story. Okay. It ended up costing $26,000. <laughs> And they had they paid in legal fees. <laughs> no, no, just it, they had to pay for everything. And the, the tour accountant was like, he was going uh, 
ballistic. He goes, how could it cost $26,000? Uh, for all the bills, here they are. Cake's it's expen- it's yeah, birthday guy. cake's expensive. Did you have a good time? He goes, yep. <laughs> Scott Mervis, music critic with the Post-Gazette, and again, legendary concert promoter Rich Angler. Look for the documentary. Do we have a name, a working title? Behind the Stage Door. Okay, Behind the Stage cool. Door. Jim Crenn. I know you got to go see a guy about your knee. He's he getting injured. old, Lawrence. I don't know if he'll be able yeah, to I can't play run. A, I can't run a four or five forward anymore. You see, <laughs> we you've seen my athletic skills, I Scott. You can be a tight end, maybe. All right, our yeah, producer, <laughs> Dick Roberts, uh, Jim Patolsky, yeah. who's our uh, amazing production man with uh, Rick Dolnak, who is an actor when he's not doing what he's doing with us. And Sheila Hyland, we think will be back for episode She's four, Jim. She's at Disney. She's at the Magic She's at Castle She's right now having fun. Magic. Meanwhile, Odyssey, the free app, downloaded access to a lot of great podcasts. We hope you'll check out Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn. And again, we want to thank the guys 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street here in the city of Pittsburgh. That would be Bob Bizzelli, also Lou Caputo, and Ray Sefcik. Until next time, rock and roll and plenty of good seats are still available. But no no additional shows will be added. (laughs)